Hello and welcome to the Triple Effect Podcast. This is a podcast where we share lit words from Scripture, and these words have the ability to ignite fire in your life, which brings transformation, which brings hope, which brings renewal, and ultimately then spreads to those around you, causing the world to be a better place. We're picking back up in the book of Nehemiah, and today we're looking at Nehemiah chapter 9 and 10 in a broad overview. And today, this lit title, because titles that are lit absolutely are sticky as far as we're concerned. Lit titles have the ability to stick with our minds, and today's lit title is Prosperity Pattern. I want you to think about that for a minute. Say it in your mind, Prosperity Pattern. I want to look at some passages and a series of, of verses that reveal a pattern and this pattern, if we are being honest, most likely is, uh, is a pattern that you would see repeating in your life as well. And so the result that we are looking for is to break the prosperity pattern and to ignite something new in our lives uh, based off of what we see in the history of Israel through scripture, also what we see in our own histories. Let's go ahead and take a look at Nehemiah chapter nine, and then we're going to start at verse 11, and we're going to move through verse 29, and we're going to do this in a paraphrased way. It says, you divided the sea before them. And let, let me back just a second up and say, this is a point where Nehemiah has regathered the people, they've rebuilt walls, and now they are moving forward asking God once again for blessing because they've gone through hard times and now they're in a secure and a good time. And as we move through hard times, most often we then turn to God who brings us back into a secure time. And then on our secure times, we tend to forget how we got there and then we end up falling. And that is the pattern of prosperity. And so in this context, what's happening is Nehemiah is praying to God and he is bringing people together. There's a, a ceremony that's taking place over the course of a day where they're taking a quarter of the day and they're reading, they're taking a quarter of the day and they're worshiping, they're taking another part of the day and they're bringing about an agreement among the people. And at this point in time, this is a prayer that's being prayed through these verses. And so Nehemiah is speaking to God when he says, you divided the sea before them so that they passed through the midst of the sea on dry ground, and you hurled their pursuers into the depths, the depths of the water, like a stone into raging waters. Many of you remember what this is, but the Israelites were stuck in slavery. They were delivered through a bunch of miracles, through a bunch of crying out. God saw their distress. He brought them out of that land, and now their back is pinned up against a sea. They have nowhere to turn, and the enemy's closing in on them. And what God did is talked about in this verse. He divided the sea before them, and he let them walk through on dry ground. He did great miracles, and then he hurled their pursuer into the depth. The enemy, the Israelites, Pharaoh, and all his men were completely crumbled in the water. And then from there, verse 12, with a pillar of cloud, you led them by day, and with a pillar of fire, you led them by night for the way in which to show them the way in which they were to go. God didn't leave them on the other side of the sea with no direction, and God does not leave you and I without direction either. 
he presented a pillar of cloud, basically just a cloud that hovered, and they would follow that cloud during the day. And he wanted to make sure that they didn't get afraid at night. And so he put a pillar of fire there at night as well. And that fire was supposed to lead them and show them the way in which they are to go. You and I, we need to know the way to go. Right now, my wife Amy and I were working on a book and it's almost complete. It's called Wayfinder. And the purpose for this book is that we would follow the way maker. The way maker is the way to find our way. And this passage and all of these prayers, they speak of this very thing. So then moving forward to verse 19, you provided bread from heaven for them for their hunger and you brought forth water from the rock for them for their thirst. So in the middle of being out in the wilderness, they have the leadership of God in the form of a cloud and fire. So they don't have to be afraid about which way to go. And then God provides bread to solve their physical hunger and he provides water to take care of them. And God will take care of you just the same. Look at the history of your life and look how he's done it. Even though you've gone through hardships, even though you've gone through struggles, many of which were your own choices, some of which were imposed on you. It doesn't matter. God never left you. He was always there and he will continue to be there as we cry out to, to him. But then it says the fathers, those who were leading at that time, they acted arrogantly, and here's where the pattern begins. They became stubborn, and they would not listen to what you told them to do. So we cry out, then we move into a place of being taken care of, and then we get frustrated, and then we start acting arrogantly, like we understand or like we know or like we've got it all taken care of, and we forget how it is that we made it to the place we did. Verse 17, they refused to listen. They did not remember. And sometimes that's, that's all we have to do is just remember, just think back. Just think back of how you made it through that hard situation. Think back of what took place. See, they didn't remember the wondrous deeds. And that's exactly what God brings is wondrous deeds, wonderful things, awesome works. He performed them among you and yet we forget. And it says they became stubborn and then they appointed leadership. They rejected the leadership of God and they appointed leadership to bring them back to the former land because they started thinking, wait a second, maybe the grass was actually greener back in my struggle. And so they started looking back instead of looking forward in faith. And as they look back, they had an opportunity to start moving back toward the land of slavery, even though they thought they were moving back to the land of prosperity. But thank God, verse 19 says, he has great compassion. God is a God of great compassion. And you didn't just forsake them in the wilderness. He didn't just leave you or abandon you, even though your heart got stubborn. It says the pillar of cloud didn't even leave by day because he was there to guide them on their way. See, God is always there to guide you on your way. The pillar of fire did not leave them by night to light the way for them in which they should go. God in his compassion does not leave you even when you choose to leave his way or you choose to get arrogant in your mindset or you choose to be stiff necked and not take the correction of God. It says in verse 21, their clothes didn't even wear out and their feet didn't even swell. See, they were in the wilderness for years and they still had everything that they needed. 
God still provided for them. He caused their clothes to last longer and he kept them free from injury. And then they entered into the land. They actually possessed the land that they were promised by God. And they go in, they took possession of this land. It was full of houses and every good thing. And it says they ate and they were filled and they grew fat and they enjoyed God's great goodness. Does that not sound a little bit like America? We set out, we pioneer, we move forward, we take new territory, we thank God for the blessing, and then look at what's happened over the generations of this country. It's degenerated, it's become fat, it's become filled, it's, it's taking its pleasure in everything that it has done, forgetting how it got to where it did and to where we are. It says they became disobedient in their prosperity and they rebelled against you. See, that's what happens. And that's the pattern of prosperity. The prosperity pattern is is this. God, help me. Lord, I need you. Lord, my problems. Lord, my pain. Lord, my struggle. And then God comes along and he he breaks this this pain problem and brings you into a prosperous land. But in the prosperous land, we forget how we got there. And we forget who delivered us through all of our troubles, struggles, trials, and pain. So you delivered them and this is the result. And this is where the beautiful blessing of brokenness arrives. That when Prosperity shows up. Verse 27 says that God delivered them. You delivered them, God, into the hands of their oppressors. See, one of the greatest things God can do for you and I is keep us in a place of need. It's keep us in a place of struggle. It's keep us in a place where we need him. So they were delivered into the hands of their oppressors, their enemy, back to their pain. But in that position, when they cried out to you in the time of their distress, you heard them from heaven. And according to your great compassion, you delivered them once again. We have a God who does it once again and again and again and again. But as soon as they had rest, they rebelled and did evil again before you. See, God delivers us once again, and then we rebel once again. And then again, it says, you abandoned them to the hand of the enemy once again. See, there's a pattern here. God does it once again, we do it once again. When they cried out to you once again from heaven, you heard, and many times you rescued them from their circumstances. Many times you re- think about the many times that God has rescued you from your circumstances. He's delivered you into new territory. He's brought you into places of peace and prosperity, and then you forgot. You admonished them, which means you corrected them, and you you taught them to turn back to your way because his way is better than our way, yet they became stubborn and they rebelled once again. See, the pattern of prosperity is a dangerous road. See, what we should not be seeking in our lives is prosperity. What we should be seeking is the presence of God. And we should be asking God when we move into a place of prosperity or when we move into a place of pain, either position that we are in, we should be asking God for his presence to never leave us, to never forsake us. And the scripture says that's true. 
But wouldn't it be nice if you and I learned our lessons? I want to break down these thoughts a little bit more. You can read this thought breakdown at inforum.us, E-N-F-O-R-U-M.us slash blog. The actual writing is there for you to read. It's a great thing to read over and over again because we need to stay in a place of gratitude and gratefulness. Let's look at this thought breakdown. Do you see the, the prosperity pattern? When things are good, the, the people forget how they got there and they lose their way. When things are tough, the people cry out to God in their struggle and God shows up to save. Then they get comfortable in their rest and forget once again. The pattern re- repeats itself over and over again throughout the book. Is this happening to you? Be honest with yourself and God. When are you consistently, diligently crying out to God? Are you closest and most desperate in prosperity or in problems? If this is the case, why do you want God to remove your problems? If your problems are gone, history says you are a goner. In the midst of your problems, you seek with all of your heart. Wouldn't it be nice if you would seek and serve anyway? Whether in pain or prosperity, wouldn't it be nice if you didn't forget where the blessing came from? Do you really want peace on all sides this side of heaven? It seems to me peace brings a pattern of problems. At what point will you get the picture? Being in the presence of God requires you to be on your knees. If your problems bring you to your knees and lead you to God's presence, why are you asking God to take away your problems? Problems in this world lead to prosperity in the spirit. Rest and rescue brings a pattern of rebellion and arrogance. We need de-stress, but don't forget that your de-stress often leads to distress. So your stress and your distress can keep you in a place of crying out and can literally save your life. So I take this these times and I share these words with you because these are words that seem so apparent in scripture. They're apparent to me and I, I certainly would say they're, they're a pattern of, of my life. They're a pattern of your life if you're honest because we're humans and see humans like we are, we were meant to be connected to the spirit because we were created by that spirit. And so in every way and every day, we should be doing everything we can to keep ourselves connected to the spirit. And to do so, that means that we need to be on our knees. And if it's pain and problems that keep you on your knees, then you should be celebrating your pain and problems and thanking them for leading you into God's presence. And if it's prosperity you're seeking, be careful because in your prosperity, you could find yourself back in your problems. So the key is not about pain or prosperity. The key is about staying in the spirit and his presence. And the key is about what you put first in your life. I believe the Spirit's saying this to us today. Don't forget, don't fret. No matter what challenge I bring to your life, stay in my presence by staying dependent on me, whether it is prosperous or not. Don't forget where the goodness comes from. Let the annoyances of life keep you on your knees. Pray there is always a problem or a position that will keep you humble and dependent on him. 
Teach others to stay humble through the process of pain. Teach others to stay humble through the process of pain. Today, what I plan on doing about what I heard is I, I plan on thanking God for my problems. And I ask God to teach me obedience through my problems so I can truly be obedient when my problems disappear and when prosperity finds its way. I'm grateful. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for the problems that point out my need for the Spirit's presence. Let's check out the tracker questions. What problems are you grumbling about right now? Are there problems making you see are these problems making you seek the Lord more diligently? Should you adjust the way you see your problems? Describe the problems you need to be grateful for today and tell somebody safe, tell a crew member about it. See this this word today I believe this. Okay, let's let's pause. Wait a second. This word that I'm sharing with you, I believe has the power to bring revolutionary change to your life. We need to stop running from our problems, trying to bury our problems, sweep our problems and our pain under the rug, and we need to enjoy God's presence in the midst of problems, and we need to learn how to live with him right in the middle of that. And when you do that, you'll have matured to being a believer who believes whether hell or high water comes at you, whether heaven or some kind of blessing shows up, no matter what, no matter where, no matter how, you are going to seek and follow him. So God, I pray today that every listener, every person that is hearing the sound of this voice voice right now, I ask you that you would help transform their mindset and their spirit as it pertains to their circumstance, and that they would find rest and peace exactly where they are, no matter what the circumstance. Some may be listening to this from a hospital bed. Some may may be listening to this through surgeries. Some may be listening to this through cancer. Others may be listening to this after they won the lottery. Either which way, I pray that you would help them not to trust in any of those external things and to solely trust in you and that their life would be transformed through it and that the world would be changed around them because of it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. See you on the next episode.